once upon a time, at the beginning of this millennium, I boarded a flight with my friend Rob bound for Rome, Italy. We made our way, doing the backpacking thing, around Western Europe, as many young folks from America are wont to do if they have the time and resources, and we eventually made our way to Greece, to the islands in the Aegean Sea, to a little island just north of Santorini called Eos. It would be my home for the next several months. So, what was I doing on EOS for several months? Well, lots of things. Pulling weeds, some carpentry of all things, painting the whitewashed buildings with crisp blue doors and rooftops that you see on calendars of the Greek Isles. At one point, I had a job washing off beach chairs in the Aegean Sea, taking them out into the water to get the sand off. Why was I doing this? Well, why not? It was a job that allowed me to stay there, not legally, mind you, just financially. I was working illegally, actually, since I did not come from an EU member country. But I rented the tiniest of apartments you can possibly imagine. I paid my rent in cash under the table. It was an exhilarating time, and a challenging time. In a manner of speaking, I was living on the edge. The number one thing that scares me in life is regret. I really, really, really don't want to be on my deathbed, whether that's tomorrow or when I'm 97, and think, oh, I should have done that. I should, like, that's, that spooks me, right? Like, hard work, people judging me, leaving, you know, trolling me on social media, like all the stuff that normal people worry about, I don't worry about. I worry about regret. And so I'm trying to squeeze the, everything out of my life. And so, yeah, I do a lot. I have certainly lived at times in my life under the tutelage of that philosophy, that regret spooks me, thus pushing my boundaries, living along the edge. That was Gary V or Gary Vaynerchuk. He's an entrepreneur, an author, a speaker, an internet personality. Forbes listed him in 2017 as one of the top social influencers. His current net worth is estimated to be somewhere in the $200 million neighborhood. Eh, but who cares? The point isn't to make $200 million, or to go live on a Greek island for that matter. But in this episode of Zen Sandwich, I would like to explore and make the case for, at least sometimes, living your life along your edge, wherever your edge may be. You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast for the independent mind and anyone who embraces life despite its absurdities. Join former attorney and professor turned Japanese papermaker Mark Reed each week as he talks with creative, inspiring, and influential people, or as he shares his own research to help make your world a little better today than it was yesterday. Does it get easier? No. Yes. The more you know who you are and what you want, the less you let things upset you. Yeah. That was Bill Murray's character talking to Scarlett Johansson 
and a famous scene from the movie Lost in Translation. One of my favorites. And as I approach my next birthday soon, and keep advancing in age, most likely past the middle point of my life at this point, uh, I do indeed find the quote to be true. The more you know who you are and what you want, the less you let things upset you. So that begs the question, how do we discover with more accuracy who we truly are? It's by testing the boundaries, finding our edge, and to practice living along it, along the edge, at least some of the time. You might be thinking, is living on the edge zen? Where's Mark going with this one? Actually, it is. <laughs> First, let's ask, well, what the hell is zen anyway? What does it mean? There is no exact English equivalent to the Japanese word itself. But in essence, Zen is the direct experience of reality. No more, no less. It's not separate from the ordinary, like peeling potatoes or washing dishes. Yep, that's Zen. Or from the extraordinary, bungee jumping, traveling to Paris and gazing at the Mona Lisa at the Louvre. Zen would not distinguish between these things, or to put it another way, things just are. What really matters is our experience and our intentions. The aims of Zen are acceptance. Accept things for what they are and people for who they are. Have empathy for others and their experiences. And it's about that buzzword you hear so often these days, mindfulness. Another way to articulate mindfulness is to say, regulate attention. That is, to bring your focus on where you are, what's around you, who you are, and what you're doing, to observe intentionally. Why do we need to do this? Because the mind wanders. It thinks all kinds of crazy stuff. It gets lost in the past. It gets stuck planning out a future that will most assuredly not turn out the way we think. My wife Haruka and I recently went to Tokyo for a kind of convention in which we, we represented Yamaguchi City to foreign diplomats and dignitaries. We met the Japanese Minister for Foreign Affairs, that's the equivalent of the U.S. Secretary of State, and Haruka had planned all this material and what she would say and do and how she imagined everything would, would go down to the, to the finest detail, and <laughs> virtually none of it went as planned. Now, don't get me wrong, it actually went better than planned, and it was great that she had put so much uh, preparation into everything. We, <laughs> but we had to play a lot by ear, and there was a lot of impromptu improvising and uh, with our display and the time we would spend with each person who stopped by. And through her elaborate preparations, we were much, much more suited to accommodate on the fly like that. We were able to change what we talked about and what we presented because we were prepared. But that whole experience was a form of living on the edge for us. It was unchartered territory. We had never had to give a spiel or, <laughs> or field unexpected questions from dignitaries before. So, back to this life on edge stuff. Why should we do this? I'm saying you're not going to die because you live on the edge. You're anyway going to die. More people who never went to any edge in their life, more of they, those die 
than those who went to the edge, because those who go to the edge are competent. When I say living on the edge, I'm talking about being a competent life on all levels of life. If you're not competent, then everything is dangerous. Going to the bathroom is dangerous, people die in bathrooms. So, is it not safe, is it not better to live safe and be eighty-four? But you may... you may become eighty-four without living at all. That is also possible. So, do I have to do something dangerous to be alive? No. And there you have it. You may become eighty-four without living at all or truly knowing who you are, or what you're able to accomplish. That was a famous yoga guru who goes by the name Sadhguru, who founded a non-profit organization and, and operates a famous ashram in India. He makes a valid point. Live on the edge with competence, not reckless abandon. So let me clarify what I mean by life on the edge. I don't mean bungee jumping or climbing Mount Everest. I, unless that's your thing, then I definitely say go for it. But I mean push the boundaries of your comfort zone. I mean to just go to the edge of discomfort. Just to the edge of what's difficult for you. If you practice music and you just practice the scales all the time, chopsticks on a piano, whatever, after a while, doing that's going to be easy for you. You aren't learning very much by only practicing simple and repetitive musical compositions. It's still good practice, but you have to push to something that's more challenging. If you exercise, easy exercise is a good thing, of course, but you also need to push yourself just a bit. Your edge isn't pushing yourself until you're ready to collapse. It's not pushing to injury. It's not pushing... Uh, so that you can't practice tomorrow. It's not studying something all day long until your brain is dissolved into mush. <laughs> it's going to the edge, but not jumping off of it. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. There you go. It's our choices, not our abilities. That's Dumbledore from a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> I never in a million years would imagine I would be utilizing a Harry Potter quote. I'm not actually much of a fan, uh, but here we are. I guess I'm living on, along my edge a bit. So here's how uh, this kind of edge practice might work in actual, practical, real day-to-day -day life. I mean, if you do yoga, do a few poses that challenge you, but keep some of the easy ones in your routine to recover from your edge poses and to not get discouraged. If you're learning chess or a foreign language, I can personally attest to that one, do some drills that are hard, uh, a little extra hard, but do a bunch of easy ones too. The easy ones cement the patterns, the edge ones teach you new patterns. If you're creating a habit, or maybe it's public speaking or, or writing, maybe intimacy in a relationship, train yourself to get comfortable with discomfort and uncertainty. Find a way to make yourself uncomfortable each day, actually. Practice mindfulness in the middle of that discomfort. Hell, taking a cold shower might be your edge. I don't know. But I can sh assure you of this. 
by living along the edge, your edge, and not jumping off, but pushing your boundaries, you will discover more about who you truly are, and you'll be living a more fulfilling life with less regret and more contentment. Here's your five minutes in today. Go up to your edge and stay there for a little longer than you'd like. Pick something you're going to do today anyway or that you've been putting off uh, because you feel uncomfortable. And practice variations of mindset in that uncertainty and discomfort. See what you can do to relax into this feeling of being at your edge. Here are three ways you can do that. One, can you bring a sense of curiosity into it? Being curious about, let's say, public speaking or or just how far you can push your exercise routine. Or being curious about where your limitations really are in a relationship. I mean, this, <laughs> this isn't a sex ed podcast. You can interpret finding your limitations or pushing boundaries however you want. It might just mean practice tolerating your partner's obnoxious chewing habits at the dinner table. But can you incorporate curiosity into your edge? Two, what about having a sense of compassion for yourself and your discomfort? I've had large speaking engagements before in front of huge audiences, and I'd get butterflies just like anyone else. I've actually imagined having a sense of compassion for myself, not feeling sorry for myself, but just compassion that I have to go through something difficult. And that compassion made me feel better, more relaxed. Because everyone can understand how difficult it might be to put yourself out there like that. Or three, my favorite mindset, a sense of humor. I've been around people before, I'm sure we all have, that for whatever reason are just awkward people with poor social skills. Or, or sometimes they have no filter in what they say or ask. Instead of being mortified with discomfort, I laugh. Seriously, sometimes out loud. You'll be amazed at just how effective smiling and laughing directly at your discomfort can be. With practice, now listen up, with practice, your edge can even become a place of joy, a place of excitement, of curiosity, and of the humor that you find there. That's it. You might not know this, but every time I mention helping out the show, it's a little bit of my edge. I don't enjoy doing it, but I do want to turn this podcast into, eventually, a full-time endeavor. I want to put more time into it and to bring you episodes and interviews that help your life, that bring calm and kindness to your life every time you listen to Zen Sandwich. If you enjoy the show and want more of it, more tips, more interviews of inspiring folks, and you've got three bucks, which is only like half a gallon of gas now, right? Go to patreon.com slash Sandwich. That's in the show notes wherever you are listening to this. When you sign up, I will personally mail you a postcard on washi. That's traditional Japanese paper that my wife and I make here in Japan. I'll send you that postcard to wherever you are in the world and give you a shout out on the show. All right, folks, go right up to your edge. Don't jump off. Just spend a little time there. Get to know more about who you really are and practice changing your mindset. Thanks for listening and breathe. Don't forget to breathe.